Allen from the gun takes the snap. A blitz coming. Allen stands and fires to the right. And oh, intercepted it off the mark with J.C. Jackson to pick it up. Runs left sideline, 45-50 to the 45 of Buffalo. Oh, hey. And eventually forced out of bounds. <laughs> J.C. Jackson with the interception for the Patriots. to the uh, 47th episode of Yo Soy Fiesta, um, coming off the uh, Bills-Pats uh, game. Maybe the most heartbreaking game we've had uh, in a very, very long time. I think that is as, as heartbreaking as games get. It's right up there with Seattle, that's for sure. But this one was kind of our season, so... Uh, right, I mean, this is, this is season-defining. Obviously, this season's not over, but it, it's a lot harder now because you're going to have to rip off three straight wins against... Baltimore and Houston, and the Jets, obviously. But... I think the division's over. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the season's not over, but it seems like the division is, unfortunately. I think Miami, first time, Miami, Miami sneakily, sneakily don't, might don't, win the division. Don't do, don't do that. Our, us as a podcast have been on that since the, this season started, calling Miami yeah, we're gonna, to go we're to the Super Bowl. So. Like, oh, you thought we were ironically saying that. No, 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 no. No, no, we, no, were, we were serious. serious. We were dead, dead serious about that. But uh, yeah, the division pretty much over. It just it just sucks because that was the best they had played, and that's really what you wanted to see. Everything that they did, like the offense, yeah. was able to convert on third down. It wasn't perfect. The game wasn't perfect, but they were able to win without being perfect, and that really could have been could have been a win. You know, I mean, you and I talk about this too, Grant. Like up until the final play, I say when Newton fumbles the football, they played turnover free football, which is something they haven't done in, yeah. in about three four games, right? So. There's a lot of positives to take away at the same time, but it's also a big negative impact on your team because you basically probably just threw the, threw the season away. It's just really hard to take away positives in a game that was that was the difference between three and four and two and five. Yeah, that's a huge gap. And I'm tired of just every week being like, it was a loss, but you know there was something positive here because sooner or later, losses are just losses, and there's nothing you can take away because the, the losses keep piling up and the wins don't. See, you can say that in week two, but you can't say right, that. Right, wait, wait, right. So. Yeah. See, what this game told me, it gave me a little bit of hope for the offense, but it also tells you that this this front seven blows. Like it's so bad, it's not even funny. Like, uh, you with like weeks beforehand, you thought like. Maybe like, oh, did they just not put in effort? What's with the pad level? Like, why aren't they stopping the run? What's going on? And even the secondary didn't look great stopping the run. Well, when you really look at it, the front seven's getting bullied around, and you got linemen in the secondary for crying out loud. It's like, this is just, this is terrible. Like, this the front seven is terrible. This was a game where it was like crappy uh, throwing weather, where it's just like, okay, you throw your linebackers out there, and you force Josh Allen to throw in a, in, in a crappy weather game. It wasn't as bad as we originally thought it was going to be, but – Hence, it was still bad, but they, they throw linebackers at the, out there. But you forget they don't have any. Like this, we don't have any line, good linebackers. Like Bentley sucks. Uh, I don't know. Adrian Phillips isn't even a linebacker. He's not a linebacker. He's a DB. He's yeah, not. He's he's in the Outside of that, it's Josh Uche who played pretty well. But you, you can't be expecting Josh Uche in his first did, game to just come in and shut down the run. Did you guys see that clip where Joan Bentley was on the field for the first play of the second half and Josh Uche came like running on the field and he yeah, still yeah. made the tackle, which is great yeah. to see from a rookie player, obviously. And kind of sucks to see that from the guy who's supposed to be the captain of the defense and Joan Bentley's not even out there for the snap. I don't know what is was he, going on. Is it, yeah, he's a captain he's here, right? Yeah, he's a captain. <sighs> he's also the play caller too, which is something yeah. I'm talking about, which really shouldn't be happening, but the lack of depth puts him there. Like we've been in diamond, we've been in nickel and dime all year because we don't have the personnel to do a base defense. We're getting, we're paying the price. We can't stop the run to save our lives. We just can't. This front seven is awful. The yeah, worst, I mean, so, the, the worst, the, the defensive line and linebackers are the top two worst positions on the field. Mm-hmm. Right. Patriots. Say, say what you want about you know like the offense and its struggles, but we, you, everybody knows where we stand. It's not one person's fault. It's not. It's it's not Cam. 
It's not the wide receivers. It's not Cam because of the wide receivers. It's not bad GMing. It's multiple, multiple flawed parts of the team. No two and five team has one person to blame. Like, well, if we didn't have this, it's the front seven. It's the inability to score on offense. And even when you have the ability to score on offense, it doesn't matter because the front seven is letting the other team run all over them. So exactly. I mean, there's, there's so many flaws and holes and different things that you can go on at this team that it, it it's a waste of time to just say, well, you know, a wide receiver would have done this or a, a play here from camp would have done this. I mean, but, it absolutely sing, stings and sucks that camp fumbled on the last play, but you can't blame him for what happened in that game. Because the we thing, great play by the the thing about this too. team is the offense could put up 55 points, yet we're still going to lose because the defense is going to give up 56. There's just, you have too many DBs on the field on every single play that they're just going to run it down your throat. And you're the offense... Have, or the defense will give up 56 if you play a team that can, can run the ball. Like, or not, not even a team that can run the ball, a team that has any sort of any kind of backfield. Because, like, what we saw with and Devin Singletary sucks, honestly. Like, I'm sorry, but Devin Singletary 100 yards on your has no like, business. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and who? Josh Allen. And Josh Allen have no business putting 200 yard rushing on a team, and yet they just did it. If that doesn't I tell think, you what, yeah. what the issue is, then I don't know what does. And Grant and I were all over this. It was like third and goal or something. Key pivotal play in the game. And the Bills are on the goal line. And both Grant and I knew that Josh Allen was going to tug that ball and run it because we've watched Bills games all We game. all knew it was, was going to happen. So Everybody we all knew that's what was happening. Me and my dad knew it was coming. For when, kind of when you have been running the ball like that all game long, there is no way that you are like on third and what was it, two, third and one? Yeah, that you're third, gonna, and third and a little. No way that you're going to be like now is the time to pass because that's the only thing that we can defend is the pass, especially against their wide receivers in that game. If teams against coaching against us had any type of idea how to beat the New England Patriots, it's by running the football and keeping our offense on the sideline that already can't score points. So. If if you stop Devin Singletary and, or Zach Moss like one like once, uh, that offensive performance would have been enough to win this game. And right. I do, and I do put blame on Cam for the last play. Obviously, you gotta yeah. hang onto the ball, dude. You you have to, but you can't look back and be like, God, like another week, another Cam loss. Like he was Cam better. Up, he was he was a up, little better. He wasn't great. He had he really better. good throws. He had, he had, really he had a couple darts in there, but he also it, was a little inconsistent. Cam was good enough to win that game. It just ended yes. up coming down to an unfortunate play, and I I truly just feel bad for him at this point. Like you know, like. He's played oh, so you can see him on the he, bench too, and he finally plays yeah. well, and then he just blows it. In the final you know, life. you know what I think about Cam is that as a player, he's just he's not a winner. Like he gets put in these, he's just not clutch. He he gets put in these spots yeah. over and over again, like this, whether it's the Super Bowl or again, or the three times this year with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. He's he's just done. He's just he's a loser. He's as a player, he's a loser. He doesn't know like, he doesn't know how to win. It's it's not even like, like uh, the, the Seattle play wasn't um, wasn't Cam even his fault per se. It wasn't but, even his but, fault. But nonetheless, when you come up in moments short consistently, you're just you're not you're not a winner. Like you're, if, you are that is that is what separates the guys that are great from the guys that are good. And it's in the biggest moments, just having that like that. Yeah. X factor to you, or that like turn it to an extra gear, and we've never if, we've not, never once seen that from Cam. Yeah, if one of those three moments where he had the ball at the end of the game goes goes well, we have we still have a, a season. We still have a season. We still have a, a, a shot at the division. Yeah, right. you look at Seattle, you're two and zero if you win that football game, and then you you look at Denver, and you're what after that you're three and three or something along those lines, and then you look at this game, and we could be three and four. And right in the playoff hunt, but unfortunately, they take a turn for the worse. And because can't, we haven't seen that Cam game winning drive yet, we're in a top spot. So I think the division, it all depends on Buffalo now. Because, like, the Patriots could string together like wins in Houston, Jets, Chargers. Don't count them out against the Ravens either. Maybe Baltimore, um, maybe Arizona, and it all depends because Buffalo didn't really look as good as people were hyping them up to be on Sunday, and they still have to play Kansas City and Seattle. Yeah, they're flawed, and they have a tough schedule. Oh yeah, no, like look, look, the AFC East this year, it's got teams that might make the playoffs, but no team in this division should be considered a contender. Like I, you know, I love the Buffalo Bills, but that team. Isn't there yet? They're good, but they the ain't defense there yet. is pathetic to be honest. The defense that was supposed to be phenomenal wasn't. 
it's not that great. What, they don't even have a pick by their secondary or something like that? Really? That's not going to win you. Oh, yeah, it was until last week against the Jets, I think. Especially but, to – and which, like, asterisk there, it's the Jets. It exactly, asterisk. With, with how good – I mean, they've been toting their secondary. Like, oh, Trey White, uh, Micah High. Like Levi these guys. Wallace, all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, that's That's incredible. I did not know that. And then they can't even sack the quarterback either, it felt like. I don't know. That yeah, team no, just honestly, for doesn't pressure, have... not an issue in that game. Like, especially the Patriots can find themselves in a spot later on in the year where they can take over the Buffalo Bills, like, whatever it is, week 16 or something. I have all the confidence in the world that our team will be able to beat them. Yeah, especially if we have Damien Harris go for 100 in his, like, second game with 15-plus carries. I love Damien Harris. He, he had a great game. He is so good. I think I was mentioning this earlier in the week to someone, Matt, probably. But his explosiveness is ridiculous. You put him, they put him like five, six yards behind the uh, cam or whoever's under center. And that dude just takes off and within like milliseconds finds exactly the right hole. Even if it's not there, he'll make one and just explodes through it. You'll see him get lost in the lineman and then just shoot out like a rocket on the other end. He is a speeding bullet out of the backfield. I love him. He gets yards that aren't there. And I yes. honestly think yep. he's, he might be, he, it's a small sample size. So, you know, give or like, take this with a grain of salt. He might be our most talented running back in the back. Yeah. I mean, you, it'd be tough to say otherwise when you see two games of him, you give him 15 carries and he goes for a hundred, uh, over a hundred yards. And it's not just like, well, he ripped off an 80 yard run. The dude is just gashing teams when he, when I, he plays. Them. I think this kid, he's, he's legit. And McDaniels even said like, this kid may not have space, but he sure as hell is going to create it. So yes. that's the type of back that you want, right? Is somebody who can create space for himself even if there's no lanes there. So. And they, they, they talked a lot, um, a lot in the, the broadcast, but with his like red shirt season, as we like to call it, his throwaway season, he was like, he learned a lot and whatnot. But you cannot be upset about him not playing last year if he's going to start doing this. The guy is every bit worth a third round pick. So from what we've seen so far, like so far, like you said, Jacob, it's a small sample size, but he looks so legit so far. I think he's going to yeah. be the one that finally ends the the committee backfield that they've had for ten years, and it's finally really just, yes. That's a good I take. Do. I like that take. Uh, because I like it. it. Bolden, no, um, he's going to run Sony out of town. Whether it's next year, the year after, or some other, he's running Sony out of town. We already know well, that. I agree. Sony's on, Sony's on the IR, so we'll see. But I, so yeah, Sony's not going to be uh, back. I don't think he's back for the second I, contract, or he, no, they won't even pick up his option. I think he's gone. I don't know. It, it, it's it's going to be completely situational, but where the running back is, because if they have like a bunch of these like kind of like these throwaway backs, like a Bolden ask someone like that, you're you're going to pick up Sony's option. That'll be cheaper than signing one. So I think that like maybe that, but that's so far in the future. I don't he, I don't think anyone's running anyone out of town per se. I think it's just going to be like when Sony finishes his contract. So I, I mean, I don't have any, okay, yeah, it's kind of how that's kind of how I took it. That's kind of how I took what Ethan said, but. Uh, Regardless, I think I, I agree with Ethan. I think we're gonna we're finally having true number one back mm-hmm. for the first time since Corey Dillon, Tony Michelle. Tony Michelle. <laughs> so yeah, I I, mean, we'll I think see. I think he will again. I'll, I I could you could say this as many times as you want. It's small sample size, but I think this I think this guy has a chance to be a lot better than Sony. Chance. I don't relax. Chance. I know. I, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you because when you do when you play that well. Why not? Yeah, I think, the, I think he's got Pro Bowl, All Pro potential written all over him. Especially if we keep this offensive line intact. That's what I was just gonna playing, say. Uh, think, the way he's been playing, I think you can try to get into contact with him and see what size his head is for his bust in Canton. <laughs> the way he's been able to start his career right now, you might he's as well get him like a gold jacket. Seven yards to carry. Seven yards to carry. Ten yards per carry. Yeah, it's insane. Like he just on. needs to do this for ten more years. And is the greatest running back of all time. It it Dude. might not it might not be too early to say that he is the greatest running back of all time. He has never been tackled for a loss. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. No. no matter what, no matter what the situation is, when, in these situations that I get, give Sony a complete pass for, when he gets the ball and there's two defensive tackles right there in his face, Damian Harris still doesn't get tackled. He just takes him for one or no gain. He's a freak show. 
Uh, I mean, I, I will get into the Jets. Damian Harris only gets tackled because he feels bad. He he doesn't even need to get tackled. He he just feels bad, and Bill is telling him to get tackled because he wants to run another play. Matt, you were see, saying. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say touch a little bit on what he should do against the Jets next week. But the other thing too, I think Ethan was saying this during the game. Why are like keep handing the ball off to Damian Harris? You have three three timeouts left. And he's literally no one's been able to stop him for the, the entirety of the game. So why not hand it to him and see if he can break one off to the end zone? I just didn't really understand that a little bit later on in the game. They had three timeouts and they were trying to at the end of the, the game. Ball and, yeah, at the end of the game. I thought it was two timeouts. Regardless, I, I get what you're saying. I don't hate the play call with Cam. The dude's just gotta hang on to the freaking right. ball. Like, dude, like stop holding right. like a rope of bread. Like did, Yeah, did no, don't don't get me teach, wrong. Are the coach do the coaches not teach a running quarterback how to hang on to the ball? Like Come on now, this is getting stupid. Like, I think the one thing we can talk about too is McDaniel's play calling, but Grant and I also love the play call in the red zone where I think they had some running back run out right and then Cam run it out left, which was absolutely beautiful. Oh, I know exactly oh, what you said. That, yeah. that was a great play. And like, the, the, the other thing I was thinking about today too was like, what other offensive coordinator would you want over Josh McDaniels with this like offense that has zero? Right, that's such a great point, Matt. That's such a great point. Because Eric Benemy. Every, like, every, Eric Benemy? Is that how you say his name? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, Eric B. Eric B. Sure. Well, the guy, like, the guy maybe, in Baltimore. But, you're, you're, but it's like, obviously, you're not getting him. Uh, Greg Roman? Yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are the guys, though, that are going to go get head, They're going to go get head coaching jobs. True. And then they're going to suck as like, head coaches. Like, you're exactly. not going to. Greg Roman and Eric Benemy are in perfect situations for, for an offensive coordinator. If they're going to leave, they're leaving to go get um. Uh, head coach like Greg coach. Roman's like the perfect offensive coordinator for like Lamar Jackson. Or, did I get no. the name right? Yeah. Uh, totally. like, like if if he didn't have like Lamar Jackson didn't have him, I honestly don't think we, he would have got MVP last year. System. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great point, Matt. About like who would you want over him? Because you know it's it's easy to say like all oh, McDaniel's play calling or whatever and these these situations. Look, but, man. Look, it, it, I I get that when it's like third and. 14, 13, 17, yeah. you, you, you want to throw, but you got to realize what you got. You don't have someone that's catching a 17-yard pass on this play. Maybe Demir Bird, but come on. It's, that's that's, trying to yeah, catch that's what like Isaiah Ford's here for now, right? Yeah, I know. So, like, yeah, can I just say this? Like, the I didn't like the play calling in the first half. I, I thought it got better in the second half. But even so, like you just said, you've, you've pretty much just said it, this – the play calling speaks to the talent of this team. This, this team, they, the coaching staff does not feel good about this team whatsoever. They don't have the confidence in the offense to go get a third and 15 or whatever. Like they just, they don't think they can do it. So they're going to be conservative and, and go for the, like do a draw play, go for the field goal or go just put it away instead of throwing a pick and changing the whole game. There was a play. Oh, in that, there was a play in that game where I think, I believe it was, it was, it was third and long. And they ran it with Burkhead. I hated that call. Love that call. That's what's been working all game. I think like, Grant's talking about the one where he spun off the defender and got the first down. That's what he's talking about. Oh, was that? that? I thought yeah, I didn't want to. McDaniels, McDaniels said they were playing the field position game and they didn't want they wanted to limit as many turnovers as they could. So of course in a third and eighteen, you'd expect them to go for a no, twenty plus yard pass. I'm not talking about third and oh, okay. eighteen. I'm talking about there was a third and like nine. And they it was a play right before that Harris ran for Okay, never yeah. mind. Never mind. I was, was thinking. Like I was thinking of the third and eighteen. And in the second half, they ran it with Burkhead. It was. I. I don't believe it was a draw. I can't remember exactly, but it was a great play call. And that like that stuff is like underrated. Most teams, like analytic wise, probability wise, are expecting a pass there. They they had the exactly. Correct you read. catch them off guard. You catch them off guard. The running game had been working all afternoon for you, and they did. It's like that is a great play call. Now I guess you can argue about the Burkhead third and eighteen draw. I, I wasn't so a big, stupid. I wasn't a big fan of that. But at the end of the day, it still didn't lose enough yards for you to get knocked out of field uh, field goal range, and they ended up kicking a field goal, which came in really hand, uh, really important later. So Ethan just said they were playing the field position game, and why? If that was true, why the hell did they do that? Onside kick in the that was a great quarter. onside kick call. See, I, I, like, I like the onside call. kick call. You keep <laughs> the you keep the Bills defense off the field for a shorter amount of time, and if you get that, you can just steal a possession. They were just oh. lucky. Buffalo was just and, lucky to get it. And on that, here's the thing: Jake, Matt why don't we hear why Jacob does like it though? So. See, okay. I don't. I didn't like it because 
looking at the f- two possessions before that happened, uh, first one was a, the Josh Allen pick. The other one was a three and out. We stopped it. We were we we had the momentum at that point. We were stopping them. We just scored. We had the momentum. I would I would rather have just um, I would rather make Josh Allen try and drive the field than to give him a short field on the on the uh, on onside kick. Obviously, it's a play. Like if it goes right, it's a great play call. If it doesn't, it's a bad play call. But I, if but if I'm in the moment and I'm making that play call, I don't like I don't like the idea. See, Bill also to touched about. Go ahead, Greg. I'd love to know the analytic or the, the numbers on unexpected onside kicks and how successful those are versus like the regular onside kick because it's not just an end of the game onside kick. I mean, it, Matt Milano, I, I think, was the linebacker that caught the ball. If he doesn't catch it like instantaneously, then it's it, it was it was easily the pass. Look, no one's expecting the onside kick either. They don't have their hands team out there, and you're trying to steal possession again. Like once again, your offense isn't good. It hasn't been good all season. So you're trying to steal possession, trying to just get any type of binge that you can against a better offense that you're facing. I, I didn't see the problem with it, to be honest with you. I, I was I like, it, I thought I, it was stupid, but it caught I, me off guard, to be honest with you. Like I was just on my phone, and then yeah, I hear like onside kick. I caught I everybody like, off guard. Like I, didn't, I haven't talked to a single person who was like, "Oh yeah, I saw that happen." Like everyone, I everyone I've talked everyone to. Everyone expects when I kick off that they're just gonna kick it out, right? I was I literally on my phone game. when it happened. I look up, I'm like, yeah, what me the hell too. Happened? I mentioned this in the group, but does anybody remember the last time the Pats did that? Washington 2015. Or wait, yeah, yeah. It was 2015 okay. against Washington. I don't like Washington an onside kick. But I, I don't, don't even remember that play. That was the game where that was the game where Brandon Bolden had like a, a seam pass where he caught for a touchdown. Same play that they ran against Washington in 2019. It was also Deion Lewis's last game that season. He tore his ACL. Yeah, I remember that. Deion um, Lewis made a nice I catch mean, on Monday. He did. Um, I mean, is there anything, anything else we want to say other than Jason absolutely owns Buffalo? Oh, JC Jackson, uh, that can actually that's a great transition into what we're going to do right now with the Gilmore trade deadline thing. So as we go into that, JC Jackson is everything. Like that guy, like build your team around JC Jackson. I maybe the best player on the team. I mean, obviously Gilmore and whatnot, but JC best young talent. One of I we we've said it, top ten corner in this in this league. He is everything. He in a, in a week where we didn't have Gilmore and we kind of saw what life without Gilmore was like, he took arguably the best receiver in the NFL this season and locked him down. And I mean, if you could just get a front seven to kind of build around JC Jackson. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like really, like all, like half of Diggs' yards was was just that one uh, comeback catch, catch, that was already tightly run, covered anyway. He wasn't tightly covered. I think he had help or supposedly had help. I don't remember exactly the play, but... Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, besides that, he did pretty well against him. Probably as well as Gilmore would have done. Maybe Gilmore does slightly better, but who knows. I thought the secondary played fine, to be honest with you. The secondary was, was fine. Sure. But, like, again, if you don't have a front seven, like, what the hell's the point? Yeah, so, you're just going to tire out your secondary anyway. So. It's like, okay. like This so, happens, happens. Okay, can I just – I want to just go back for one quick second. I've been on this all year. Like, this – if once the second, like having a bunch of DBs on the field is great and all for like teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens, or even the Seahawks, even though we still lost to them, uh, because they're just the, the mobile quarterback that does that does nothing but pass. They can't run. When you fight, when you play running teams, you're screwed. We don't like because the secondary and all those DBs can't do nothing against offensive linemen. There's just you're so screwed against running teams. It's not even funny. And Buffalo's not even a running team, and we still got ran over by them. It's unreal. I mean, they also just have no size in the middle of the defense either. Like, uh, I think that's there's just a lack of talent on the defensive line. Bentley sucks. Phillips isn't a linebacker. That Thurman guy blows. All right, let's be let's be fair on Nick Thurman. We can't just be like if you are expecting Nick Thurman to make. Eight Chris tackles Jones in like a sack and a half every single week. Then you are absolutely delusional. Nick Thurman is there for. Granted, I don't know why Nick Thurman is there, but <laughs> we know why certainly, he's there because we have no one there. Game. We have no one else. Thurman, like, is just he shouldn't even be on the field. Yeah, that's where I, 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 understand, I understand that, like, but I'm st- I'm, I'm not going to. It's not going to stop me from saying. He's right, but the issue with Thurman is not that he's bad because you shouldn't expect Thurman to come out there and be an All Pro. The, the issue is that the fact that Nick Thurman is playing defensive right. tackle and meaningful snaps for you in a football game. Jacob, who would you Same rather thing with... tackle? Then and literally, and, and Thurman. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I just wish you were in another position. Uh, Grant, I, I don't know who that is. That person isn't real. All right, let's let's do the the trade deadline. Again. Yeah, let's do that. I let's, know, like, we, we we can keep that like somewhat short, and then uh, you know, Gilmore's here. He's here for the rest of the year. He yeah. will finish out the next eight games. We didn't trade him as as much. Unfortunately, hype hype and this uh, ball got rolling. You know, could I, it, it seems like it came down to not getting a first round pick. That's Look, and thing. I was glad to see too that they were actually wanting a first round pick for him because I think he's worth nothing else than a first round pick. It would it would have sucked to dealt him for like two thirds and a sixth. You know, uh, I would, yeah, I would yeah, have shot myself if that happened, dude. If I I wanted at least a, a first round pick, they wanted a first and a player, which honestly seems a bit high. But yeah, I don't think the players like the, the, you didn't they need a player in there. You didn't need to add the player, but regardless, if you, if they if there wasn't a first round, but like. Was it a good idea to not trade him? That it depends on if there was a first round pick on the table. If there right. was one on the table and they didn't take it, I think that's a bad move. If 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 there wasn't one on the table, then yeah, keep him. I'm fine with that. So now it's just to what what can we possibly get from this offseason? Because I yeah, I think, think I think he's going to the off. I think they especially the thing where they restructured his contract to make next year cheaper. He's gonna make he's gonna really look much more appealing to teams that want to trade for him. Where it's gonna be seven million dollars instead of what was it like thirteen yeah. fourteen well, million dollars? Can I say this though? A first next year though. That's I the, don't. That's the difference. Yeah. See, here's the thing though, because whatever team trades for him is gonna have to extend him because he's not gonna play for that money. So right, 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 right. Yeah, he's gonna want a new contract, and that's another I, thing that's gonna bring I down think, his pay I, don't, I don't think many teams will have an issue with that. No, you know, maybe I think so. we should just trade him for OBJ. <laughs> straight up. I don't know um, straight up, but yeah, um, no, certainly not. Please. Anyways, I think I was yeah, it's just it's the it's the game of like because he's not gonna play for that number no no matter the team. So that and that's the whole reason he's on the block in the first place is because he he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid more than he's getting paid right now, and the Patriots don't want to pay him. And he's trying to get that one last contract because this is he's he's yeah he just hit thirty. He's good. This is his last time to get like actually paid. So he that's yeah what he, to that's, get that's, that's what he's trying to do. I fully expect him to play his ass off this year because he's fighting for that last deal. And Hopefully. I think and I think it's going to be on another team. I de- it's no, just, I, I, I wish no, I it would. It, like yeah. I said, if if you had a first round pick this year, I would have done it because I think this is the only time you could get a first round pick. I'm not convinced you're going to get a first round pick this off season. No, I don't think I don't think so either. And I'd be fine with the second and a future third and fourth or something like that. I don't know. I, it it's it's kind of far out to tell. But I will say this: um, the getting rid of his contract next year is kind of where the team needs to be going, and the the way that you reload retool is they're in a great situation to do it. You've got a replacement in J.C. Jackson. You get rid of Gilmore's contract and use the money you free up there to extend guys like J.C. Because um, J.C.'s a restricted want. free agent, so you still got to lock him up. Right, right, right. And then like with, with that, and then you get rid of – and then you just kind of you, you build that infusion of youth and then hope your guys like Damian Harris and uh, Onwenu and, and all of these picks and all of these people you invested in hope that God, Nikhil Harry – end up panning out for you. And then with your 12 picks and a billion dollars in cap or whatever we've got next year, we, uh, we try to do something with that. But I think the first step in this retooling process is getting rid of contracts like Gilmore, Cannon. Yeah. Cannon, Hightower, if you even... I don't know if Hightower is one, but... I know. Hightower, but I think Hightower. he's going to retire either next year or the year after. I don't Ooh, know. Hi- Hightower? Yeah. I don't, I, don't know. Know. I don't know about Hightower. Cannon might. No, Cannon's gone. Yeah, no, Cannon's They're going to cut Cannon anyway. They, they better, get, yeah, no, they better no. get rid They're going to cut Cannon anyway because you got on when it was your right tackle now. even a little zero place on this team. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like Marcus more. Cannon, you get cut, that's another $6 million. Perfect. Right. I don't like, wasn't yeah. he like top 10 or top five in, yes. on the team he, in, in money? That was ridiculous. He, he was he's top, last he's top, year. top eight. It was after that all pro season back when. Yeah, like 2016 or whatever, right? So. Yeah, he had he's a good most, season, and since then he's been trash. Inconsistent guy on the, on the team, unbelievable. Um, anything else on the on the trade deadline? I mean, I guess we can kind of transition to Isaiah Ford now. Isaiah so, Ford, yeah. I mean, not yeah. a whole bunch to say there. A nice little depth piece. I don't like the team. Knows. The team made a move for wide receivers. Everyone happy now? You know what? Yeah. You know no, no, it's not because it's not Julio. It's man. not Julio. It's not Julio. Sorry. <laughs> 
You know what's funny? I think he's like compared to our receivers, he's like he has the second most yards this season. I yep. think that's true. But uh, it is true. This guy honestly sounds like another Jacoby Myers, and I don't hate that. He's a he's a guy who can he's a smart guy who can get open and catch the ball. He rarely drops the ball, according to Dolph. I've Dolphins fans were pretty were actually kind of upset about this. They apparently they, they wanted him. The, the Dolphins fans we uh, associate with that he was a fan favorite. So I don't know. I mean, take that. I mean, so, uh, so I mean, Brandon Bolden said he was a very nice guy yeah. and one of his locker mates when Bolden was in Miami back in 2018. Dude, he holds like every Virginia Tech receiving record. So yeah, he was nuts at Virginia Tech. If you ever watched his highlights, okay. Well, now Dalton Keene and Isaiah Ford are going to go off together in twenty twenty one. In twenty twenty one, on a different team. Yeah, no. It's, it's just uh, I think there's nothing else really to say other than it. it's just another low risk, high reward type of move for New England. You give yeah, up a, a late round draft pick next year for a restricted free agent that's probably going to be back next year. So. I, yeah, I, I don't find anything wrong with Bill was going to use use on someone that don't, will not make the team. So you might as well yeah. spend it on someone that you see what you can get. Yeah. Maybe he's a little bit of your future. Maybe not. But there's now four Isaiahs on the Patriots, which is wow. Good I point. If that's a league high in Isaiahs. <laughs> league high in Isaiah. I think a couple of people are talking about this too. The Patriots are kind of in that year. Miami did it last year. They kind of want these younger guys to play, like build off the waiver wire, have a guy like Isaiah Ford play in the slot while Edelman's out, have Jacoby Myers be your number two, and then just try to develop all the young guys that you can, give Damian Harris as many carries as you can, like see what you have in Juwan Bentley and all these guys. and You can head in the next offseason and figure out where you really need to pinpoint your needs and wants and whatnot. I have a question for everyone. Do we think this is Edelman's last season? I said, say no. Even before the injury, I th- I thought he would retire after the season. Because isn't no. he a free agent after next year? Or after this next year, year, yeah. Next year? He has one more year and then he's a free agent. I don't think it's a free I don't think so either. He's going to Tampa Bay. Honestly, he should, he should retire because he's taken an absolute beating. Like, he, like how much longer till he's in a freaking wheelchair? It's the what he's going through. What Wes Welker did. Wes Welker had all his injuries just come straight to his head. Now Edelman's getting literally every injury but his head, which is the, not like Edelman hasn't had those. I mean, look at Super Bowl Forty Nine. He hundred percent had a concussion in that game. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, but still played. Oh yeah, dog. He's a dog. Wes Welker would never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wes Welker caught twelve Shot passes in Super Bowl Thirty Six, but we can just Thirty Six. I don't know. And we we trade them all. Did we did we win that game though? Did we we'll trade them all for one that wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's yeah. not Wes Welker's fault. That, it's not Wes Welker's fault that Asante it's Samuel just had an absolute. It's like forty moment. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, Can back we, on uh, back on track here, boys. Anyways, let's get these, let's get these on the road. <laughs> so we, so what, you, Grant? You wanted to go to? Oh yes, Bill with the cap. Excuse. Bill, Bill, so you call it an excuse, but I will. I'm. I'm going to read the quote. Uh, he said. Uh, so Charlie Weiss asked him about the amount of young talent on the team, and Bill's answer to this, which has been quite the uh, controversy or the 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 topic, I should say, was, "quote We're playing a lot more uh, young players than we've played in the past. A combination of reasons. We were pretty heavily invested in our team in the past few years." From a salary cap standpoint, we didn't have much flexibility at all. I think this was obvious on the Cam Newton contract. Then we had some opt-outs. We lost some players there that we normally would have been having, giving significant amount of playing time. And then, like, every year, a couple of guys are banged up, and we miss some guys here and there. Then he goes on to say, this year, or this is kind of the year that we've taken to. I would say, adjust our cap from the time spending that we had in accumulation of prior years. Uh, we haven't been able to have the kind of depth in our roster that we've had in some years. And that's really the, the gist of it, which I think is a really fair point, whether you want to call it an excuse or not, because that's absolutely fair point. It, it, the, the plan for the season didn't get to be the plan is really what I, I take from that. So uh, I just lost my train of thought too. So, what, okay. Where I say it's an excuse, I don't think, cause the reason this this roster is like so like low on talent is the, I think the draft has caught up to him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really drafted well in a few years. So, and I think like because it's just 
at, at some point in think this is a big thing to Brady that like you could you could uh have some rough years drafting but Brady was so good that it helped cover it up not totally but it helped but he helped a lot and so and I'm not saying like obviously he I don't think I don't think Bill sucks as, as a GM he just hits and misses like most GMs and he he's usually does a pretty good job on the defense and if he misses something on the offense it's usually helped by Brady so I mean but now you don't have Brady you have a much more average quarterback in either Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, whoever's that quarterback this year. And now all your flaws are being exposed. And this team is, this is a two and five team because of the lack of talent. And the lack of talent is because he has struggled in the draft for quite a few years and it's finally catching up to him. I I had that same conversation with someone today where it's like you were able to, I'm not going to say he didn't put time into drafting, but he could just go on a limb and say, oh, look, I'm a genius. I'm going to take this person that no one's ever heard of, and Brady can cover it up, Gronk can cover it up, Edelman can cover it up. But now that Edelman's gone, both Gronk and Brady are gone, you, you sorta, you're sort of like now all the talent that you have drafted hasn't really come to fruition because they haven't really been able to do anything on their own. It's all just been masked by Brady. So it's like... I think what it, it is masked by Brady, but there's also a level of in when rookies and young talent in New England are not expected and tried to be pushed into starting roles. Like, um, like Damian Harris is a great example. So if you look around the team, there's a lot of guys, and Michael Onwenu has been phenomenal, but he really, the plan was not for him to play. It was not the plan for Joe Wan to be getting as many snaps as he was. Chase Winovich getting a little less snaps than he initially was. There's a lot of guys that didn't that are playing because of the lack of salary cap that the, that the, the team had. And he goes on to talk about that. And when he says, like, I didn't say it was an excuse. I never said that. He said, we paid Cam Newton a million dollars. It's obviously we didn't have the money. But in the last five years, we sold out. We won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth. And he's kind of right. When yeah. He, because look at like when you when they won the first set of Super Bowls, they did sell out because they went through somewhat of a dry spell, and that's where you where Brady comes in and makes it look better. From 2012 to like 14, those couple years that those the talent on that team was no bueno, and Brady it was not good. A lot you had like Kimbrel Tompkins right. and Aaron Dobson and Austin Collins, right, right, right. threes and fours. So, like, though, in those situations, it makes sense. You sell out, and then you kind of go through these dry spells, but that's the combination of what I'm saying and what you guys are saying about how Brady masks that. I just think that's a, it's, a, it's not an excuse. It's just, like, I just think it's a fact. I, I, he's, he, he is correct in saying that selling out and winning the Super Bowls has cost them a lot of money, which in this season has now caught up to them, and made them put a lot of young guys that they traditionally would not feel comfortable playing, i.e. Jawan Bentley, which Belichick has said multiple times. You know, he's, he's playing, but this, he's, he's playing more than he really should have been because of Hightower and the opt-outs and, and whatnot. So. I, I do think that, especially in New England, the, the misses are more shown into the spotlight than the hits. No one wants to talk about, oh, Damian Harris in the third round, Michael Onwenu, who arguably is like a top seven lineman, no matter oh, the what. He's playing better than Andrew round. Thomas, who was the top line pick. Like, no one, no one wants to talk about, like, the, the, the steals that he's gotten. They're like, oh, it's Brady, and that's it. <laughs> um, but, like, people are so focused on, oh, Nikhil Harry is not DK Metcalf. Bill sucks at drafting. However, he can get, like, the best rookie lineman in the draft in the sixth round. He can get like but I yeah, mean look, like, I'm not I'm not I'm not willing to say that Belichick is like the best G or the best drafter in the league. I think he's one of the best evaluators of talent. But it, it gets frustrating when there's guys that come into New England, like Nikhil Harry, who are talented, skilled and whatnot, and they don't perform. And then you've got you have guys like uh, uh Travis Fulgham over in Philadelphia who's lighting the world on fire and it's like well, where'd this guy come from? How how is it that someone in the same situation comes into a less talented team and plays better. How about, I don't know what the answer is there. How about the fact that, he, um, I know this was before the opt-outs, but the fact that we, 
that like the a top three need was linebacker in the before the draft, and we we had Patrick Queen right there, and we traded Kenneth we traded, was we traded there, down for a, we traded down for a division two. D. Oh, don't don't slander him because he's division two. I'm not I'm not down. okay. That's not the point. He, it, he, traded, not the he traded down. He's just saying why DB. take a safety, right? He traded down for a DB, right, which, we, did, which we didn't need. Linebacker was more of a need than defensive back. Unless that, means, that unless unless that. that means that Bill is hinting towards cutting Patrick Chung next year. But I, and well, I don't doubt or, that no, actually. But, but I don't. Chung, but that's not but, the point. But Chung was an opt out, and yep. and Duggar and Duggar was part of filling that role as long as uh, with Adrian Phillips. But. But I think that the, the pick there makes sense. One, because the next two picks were linebackers who've been who've been playing and you've another another situation where they've been playing more significant minutes than you would have liked. If Hightower had not opted out, we would be seeing less Uche, less Jennings, Bentley would be a second, and then Adrian Phillips would be more of like what, what he's what hybrid what he's doing now. I think what we had talked about way back in March and way back in April is they were building an RPO proof team. More DBs. The Hightower opt out kind of screwed them. In the, the Chung opt out too. The Chung opt out screwed them. Like there were those two. Any other than those, they're really maybe like Matt Lacoste for how Izzo's playing. But those two are the ones. Najee Torin. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Get someone on the defensive line. Like for crying out loud, it's been years since we really drafted a, a good offensive lineman. Besides when I I almost forgot window. But um, Do you mean Joe defensive Tony, line? All starting five linemen have been drafted within the next within the last five years. Well, yeah, David, Andrews, Puck. David. Besides window. Oh, you, oh. Know, you kept saying offensive. You're talking about line. defensive oh, line. Oh, defensive oh line. okay. Defensive line. It's like you're out oh. of your mind. Defensive line. <laughs> oh my god, what a confusion that was. I thought he said our offensive line is stuck. No, I meant yeah, if I said offensive line, my bad. I meant defensive line. Can we draft oh, yeah, some defensive yeah. linemen? Because, like, like high in the draft, please. Because these guys, Carlos every single Bashman. one of these guys, Carlos out there, my A. Besides, besides the maybe guy who he even ha- hasn't been great lately, they all suck. Yeah. Like, for crying out loud, can we get a run stop and defensive tackle for once? Like, because none of them. Oh, can do God. It. Can we just get Chris Jones up in here? Can we get Cameron Hayward? Can we get someone respectable besides <laughs> DJ Wise Jr. or Derek Jacob, freaking Rivers? Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. They signed Isaac Mack last night. Who the hell is that? He's the guy oh, that's going to fix all our problems at the defensive line. Right. And didn't we also sign Dante Moncrief? Is he going to be our solution <laughs> for wide receivers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dante Moncrief. Ryan Glasgow. Ryan Glasgow. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan. Michigan, Michigan. Bro, when we worked out Moncrief, I like threw up my mouth. I was like, no way. This not this guy. Drop city. Drop city. Has he been on like every team in the NFL so far? Like seriously, dude. This guy's. I, he, he was on the Steelers. He was on the Colts. Like he's what? Jaguars, Jaguars, Jets. Bengals. Oh my. I think he was drafted by the Bengals. <laughs> he was a fourth round pick too. That's the like, only one. We, we just named every single one of them, but the uh, the Panthers. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so a good thing he's also he played with Cam Newton, did he? Yeah, they're filling up with people that's played with Cam Newton. <laughs> Just go get Ted Ginn and we're good. Yeah, for real. Wow. Um, as far as the Jets go, if everybody said everything they want to say about the uh, yeah, cap situation, there's really not a lot that we can say about the Jets as their team, but there's things that we can say what we want in our team. And I mean, most notably, a win would be would be Drop great here. We got a we got a long week. We got a lot of preparation. If there's any way that you want to get the season back on track, it is a Monday night game. So I think the one thing that we need to do with our weekend defensive line, the rematch of last year's game, I think we need to call up Bill Murray. Yeah, there like, it is. is. Yeah, the Ghostbusters is, thing. We've talked is about that. Gonna happen. I, I I know I know that's the only reason that Bill signed him. Knowing that they had a money party <laughs> in New York, Bill with a super dry sense of humor will just call up Bill Murray this week. Is does um who, is Sony coming off IR this week or is that the following week? I, Maybe. I don't. I don't. That doesn't even matter. That, are you stupid? <laughs> are you going to keep Sony Michelle on the IR and pay his contract because oh, damn, he's playing well? Just give him Rex Burkhead minutes. 
Hell, I, I'm, hey. ha- I'm happy with Harris and Burkhead. Oh, oh, my, God. oh my lord. Stop it. I, we don't miss Sony one bit. Admit it. Oh, really? When Sony was on the team, we were winning. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Team, we winning. If, if winning is decided by your running back, you really suck. Uh, oh, tell that to the... Uh, uh, tell that to Barry Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> tell that to oh, Barry Sanders. Tell that to Bo Jackson. 10 running back in the league. Maybe it makes a difference. Yeah, Look, we have the best two running backs in the AFC. Does that make a difference for us? We have five top ten running backs on this team. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Michelle doesn't make a damn difference with this team. Uh, All right, one thing, one one thing I do want to say. That we'd feel better about if we went into this game with Sony. I didn't feel a difference in half. I said that. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You said it. Yeah. But uh, no, hey, Sony Michelle, whether Sony Michelle comes back or not, it won't make a difference in hell. Well, right. some, some of us can just be wrong. But as far as the Jets go, I mean, so far, I've been right about the Sony. person you hate has just made a horrible point. Yeah, <laughs> Sony needs to. Or sorry, not Sony. I'm still in Sony. Uh, every every there, there's nothing that the Jets do better than the Pats, and the Pats aren't good. So we just need to dominate them on on every. Can we get a convincing win for once. Convincing win, right? Nice. That's, that's what you need. A convincing, a good, nice win. Let's not even give up a touchdown, please. Like. Yeah, we win by let's at least a touchdown. <laughs> let's use this as like a practice. We're just like let's. This is the get right game. That's what we'll call it. You, exactly. You get right game right for Baltimore. Anyway, I think that's all we got to talk about for the chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really like, there's a way that we lose this game. Season I think Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is a Patriot. Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is a Patriot if we lose this game. No, I don't, I don't know about that, but I think the season's officially in the tank. Like if we lose this game, oh Jesus Christ! And when you I say would... tank, it's not tanking. Oh, excuse, yeah. Just, this I would just like to clarify. You know what? This is how we can finish the Jets talk. I want to explain tanking. So a team does not decide that they get to tank around week eight. Tanking is not an idea. Tanking does not begin on the football field, and it doesn't happen there. Tanking is when the front office puts an inferior product on the field to intentionally not win games it's not that the players aren't trying it's not the coaches are calling the wrong play calls it is when the gm and the owner collectively decide that they would rather have a good draft pick than win multiple games and they put a bad team on the field have you seen our front seven jaguars have you seen our front have you seen our front seven i'm pretty sure bill is putting an inferior product out on the field right now yeah okay fine you can you can make that argument but i'm telling you this the inferior product that's on the field does not compete with the Seattle Seahawks. Does not compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is well, it did compete with the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, we. I'm saying a tanking team does. I misinterpreted what you were Seahawks. Tanking teams do not compete. They they like get lucky wins here and there. The the Miami Dolphins are a great example of that last year. Like this is this is clearly not what tanking is, and you cannot flip flop. Back and forth from being, oh, we're a Super Bowl contender this week, and then boom, we're a tanking team this week. That's not how it works. You don't get to just like keep flipping back. It's not one or the other. It's not one extreme where it's like, you know, this week it's Trevor Lawrence, but if we win next week, it's Super Bowl. That's not how it works. That's not how tanking works. Tanking is actually one of the dumbest things you can do, too. Like, if you like give away a whole season, you trade away everyone for draft picks, and great, that's all great. You get the high draft pick for the quarterback that you want, and then he sucks. And now you're scoring. And, and or, so not not only are you great, but there's no one else around him. Like not only are you yeah, exactly. But like that, like within that, like if you draft the quarterback and everyone else sucks, you're screwed for a few more years. If you draft the quarterback and he sucks, you're screwed for like the next freaking century. You're like you're actually screwed. Like you can screw your entire franchise by tanking. That's what loser franchises do because they have literally no other option. Right. Certainly like trading but up you, for but a quarterback. You a, but you. Patriots fans have a competent coach, a competent GM, and a competent owner that knows how to run a football team. So we don't need to tank for to be good again, to be contenders again. Give it a couple years because it does take a couple years for it to retool a team, even during the Brady era. How many years? How many years did we, did we go in the Brady era between uh, the, our third Super Bowl and the fourth? Like it, it happens. You got to retool the team to go on runs, and then you, after that run is over. You got to pay p- players or they get old and you got to reset the whole thing. It happens to every team in every sport. It happens. It only matters like how good your office is at running a football team. If the team was taking a gone. It's just these kids growing up like in the era where the Patriots have been to four Super Bowls or whatever in the last five years that they're expecting to be a Super Bowl contender every single year, but that's not the reality. Like, we are. Well, apparently we are. If we beat the Jets, we're a Super Bowl contender. So. I mean, 
obviously. Like, there's 31 other teams in the NFL, for God's sakes. It's not like you're going to be the, the only team to win the Super Bowl every single year. Like, it's just not how it works. We've been so spoiled the last 20 years that they just don't understand what's going on right now. I just think past fans are brainwashed to the idea of the quarterback being so good that it covers up, like, flaws of the rest of the team. Like, only – like, how many quarterbacks can you really say can do that? Like One. Like, really, just one. Like, maybe two. If one – like, if let's say, like, a, a Mahomes or a Rodgers is going off some year, and maybe sometimes that works out. But not, but not every year. Not every not, – definitely not every year. So, it's just – it's just it's not how it works. You need to build around you need to build around your quarterback. It's not the only thing that matters. Does everybody have winners and losers? Yes, sir. All right, I can start. I feel like I, I feel like I never started. Uh so my sure. my winner is Javon Wims. Uh I guess and you can throw Chauncey Gardner Johnson in there. Most like most Javon Wims for just having the the best clip. Like we're going to look back at the fight between him and Chauncey Gardner Johnson as one of the uh, like all time. Who was the? It was the the Texans and the the Titans. That fight, iconic. I can't. I don't know why. Chad Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Andre Johnson, right? Andre Johnson. Was it Andre? Sorry, Andre. Andre Johnson him, so. hit that fight. Like it, that was way better. That was one of the punch, dumbest things I've ever. Dude, it was, ever it was awesome. Seen. Punch, no reaction. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or the, like, uh, just or like, the uh, did you not realize I just Terrell Owens one? Yeah, the T.O. Wow. one. It's just like that was it was phenomenal. And what makes it even better is it's Georgia, Florida week, Javon Wims, Georgia, and then Chelsea Garner Johnson, Florida. So that was awesome. That's okay, my that's a, that's a weird winner, but go crazy. That's my that's my winner. It's just it's a freaking awesome clip. Like you cannot love it, it, we're, that's gonna be synonymous with like it's never not, not. It's never not funny. It's just you, it's it's so what the hell funny. he's. It's like what is he? It just makes me wonder every time. It's like what the hell is this guy's problem? So funny. I don't even know how it started. I, I didn't even watch. But all right. And then my loser is uh, the Chargers. So Good a one. lot of people, a lot of people like to talk about the Falcons and the blown leads and whatnot and here there. But I'm gonna give you four numbers or four stats. The Chargers in the last four games led by. 17 points, lost it. Next week, 17 points, lost it. They led by 16, blew it, and then won it. 21 points against the Broncos and lost it. Three out of their, or all four of the last games, they have blown 15 plus digit leads and come away one and three. Truly unbelievable. Nobody's talking about that like, the, like they are the Falcons. That is way more impressive. Or, yeah, yeah. Dude, unbelievable! How how do you do that? I don't get it. Loser, the Los Angeles Chargers. Hard knocks. I mean, I can use my winner and loser right now because my kind of leads from that Chargers point. I'm gonna go winner KJ Hamler. I thought that was an absolute insane touchdown that they threw there, and I was high on KJ Hamler. You guys know ever since college, I thought he was an absolute playmaker. Finally gets his chance to make a big play, makes a big play, and they won the game. Drew Locke is just, I don't know. He's not like he's a above-average quarterback, but I think he's a, he's a good character for the NFL for sure. So I'll go with the winner for that one. And loser, not so much Ben DiNucci, but like the whole experience. I know Grant and I were talking about this. It was kind of cool to see like an NDSU quarterback and a James Madison quarterback go up against each other for Sunday Night Football. And they kind of just never really worked out obviously especially with the weapons that Ben DiNucci had around him I was expecting a little bit more out of him but otherwise that that experience kind of kind of sucked Ethan you want to go because I'm still thinking of mine uh yeah my winner is the Miami Dolphins um the way I mean they won you can't fault them for the way they won they won they won in a horrible fashion but they can still you explain how they won what? For those who don't know, what? can you explain the, how, the, how they scored the points they got for people who don't yeah, know? Yeah, they got a kick return touchdown. They got a defensive touchdown. Tua had like 40 yards, and they got out yarded. <laughs> like, the Rams had like 350 more yards than they did, and the Rams still lost. So okay, For 93 yards and one touchdown on a 54.5%. Like the, the, way, the way Buffalo played, too. I, I think, like, Miami actually has a chance of winning the division. Could the Jets win the division? 
<laughs> that's another question. Honestly, where when we sit right now. Win the Honestly, division. where we sit. If they beat us this week, then maybe. Hell, why not? Trevor Lawrence, no. Nah. Um, my loser um, is Daniel Jones because the dude is Good yet luck. to go one game in his career without having a turnover. He's got like four less turnovers than Ryan Leaf in his first 40 games. The dude is is ridiculously what? bad. And sure, you he almost beat, sure you almost beat the Buccaneers. Uh, uh, Shut up. Get over it. Your quarterback is not good. Your head coach is it a wannabe head coach. Like Daniel Jones. In that position, I know. Daniel Jones is just not good. And I'm a I'm a Daniel Jones guy, but I'm not anymore. This guy's literally why? Like why would you? <laughs> I, so I know I liked him. Like his, I liked him his rookie year, and I thought he had a chance to be a decent, a pretty good player. Now I was like, nope, I've lost all hope with Seems him. Seems like some field season down there. He's so bad. All right, I got mine. Probably uh, the one two picks are going to be the Giants and Jets or Jets Giants. <laughs> uh, oh, but here's a question: If let's say they. Uh, the Giants get a quarterback in this draft. Would you take a chance on Daniel Jones? Oh, no, 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 stop. Did we not? No. Did you hear what we just said, Jacob? <laughs> did you listen to what we just said? Turnover problems. Are we trying to eliminate turnovers because we're mad? You know, you, know who's great, yes. you know who's a great comparison? Daniel Jones and Jared Stidham. Hey, you know. <laughs> you want to know? Honest. Be I, honest. Hey, come on now. Don't do no, Daniel Jones no, no, like no, that. No, don't you do be honest. That's a good comparison. Hey, listen. They're in, practically the same player. In one full, you shut your mouth. <laughs> in one full game, Tua Tua threw for ninety three yards. Jared Stidham playing like the the very end of games has thrown for one hundred and twenty four, and they yeah. both have a touchdown. So I mean, be that as it may, yeah, they both suck. So or did I mean, you just say Tua sucked? Oh, I didn't say. Oh, you said Tua. Jacob, I didn't hear Tua. You have a Jared Stidham jersey. Doesn't mean he's good. I have a Lawrence freaking Maroney jersey. <laughs> hey, you he was good for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, hey. Anyways, uh, yeah. my my winner was uh, it's Joe Burrow because mm. he beat because he beat a a uh, respectable opponent in the Titans. Uh, and so he, I just watched. The more I watch him, the more I like him. He he seems like he could be a really good player. I just wish. The Bengals could actually build like a decent team around him. That'd be kind of nice. The Bengals. <clears throat> the Bengals. And my loser uh, goes off of uh, Ethan's uh, winner, the Rams. The Rams, they, they just suck. They're not, they are not a respectable opponent whatsoever. I'm, do- I'm done hearing people tell me that the Rams are good and Jared Goff is good. No, they're just they're, neither are good. They both. Suck. I can't wait till you someone know. saves this audio and the Patriots lose them by forty in December. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> we Jared should Goff we should had, beat them. Jared Goff had two of the most impressive quarterbacking games of anyone the last few years. So I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Goff. That's what matters. Shat himself in the Super Bowl. How, how do you just think pull he, that card on? We won the Super Bowl. So how many how many passing yards do you think? He had in that loss. I have no idea. Only a mere three hundred and fifty-five. Okay, and he got he scored what three points? Good job. Sounds like it's not his fault. <laughs> he threw a pick to end the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> to end the game, they're twenty-eight to seven. What are you like? Oh, the game icer. Oh, shit. He what? He's taking shots down the field, down thirty points. Come he got on. picked off by Christian Wilkins, man. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Who? Exactly. Anyway, this court's seventeen points, by the way. Let's not. Oh, say sorry, three. I was thinking. Let's not say I was, three. Sorry, I was yeah, thinking the Super Bowl. Yeah, you guys were having two separate conversations. Jacob was thinking you were talking about the Super Bowl, and yeah, you guys were talking was. about the game that oh, happened. Oh, this has been yes. the the, 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 been been the most confusing freaking episode on the yeah, planet. Hey, Jacob, hey, offensive line, defensive line, Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> this whole <laughs> thing. To, to uh, the Daniel Jones. Yeah, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. Also, thanking Sony for a bad run. Same shit, different pile. Um, I'm gonna get him. A that is 100 percent something that Felger and Maz say, and Jacob has implemented into his own vocabulary. Um, as, what like, is that? We listen to during the the trade so. deadline stuff. How the this is? I'm counting this as a second loser. How the hell are the Saints gonna have a negative 100 million dollars in cap space? Yes, dude. What, they, what do you even do about that at that point? I just screwed. How do you do that? <laughs> They're literally done. 
Like, tell, I, tell me right now, tell me right now with a straight face, you'd rather be a Saints fan than a Pats fan. You can't do it. Like, I, no, honestly, sure, I'm not a mathematical genius, just, but I can barely get my my I can barely get my Madden franchise out of a six hundred twenty five thousand dollar cap space. How the hell do you get negative one hundred million? I mean, like, are you going to cut the, the entire team? Like, what do you even do? I don't know. To be fair, the COVID screwing them over, but still, even without the COVID, they're but still you, like you negative, to, like seventy million. You can, to be fair, the COVID screwing them over for the Saints, but you don't give Rainbow that little benefit. Call it an excuse. Hmm. Hmm. For the Cowboys and the Saints, man. Hmm. What can I say? I just hate the Patriots. Yeah, Call it. Call it, boys. Uh, alright, I've all got right. it. That's all I have to say. That's all I got. Alright. Adios. 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 Cause you're fine.